On this week's Graze the Rim, we take a look at the All-Star Game Reserves, we talk who got snubbed and who's up next, as well as trying to predict the All-Star Game Draft. We talk Wolves firing Ryan Saunders and the weird timing of the new hire, plus the struggles of the Lakers and the Celtics. We introduce a brand new segment for casual fans, and of course, we splash a pass. Let's do it. We're back. We are live. Welcome to Graze the Rim podcast. This, of course, is an NBA podcast that lives above the rim, but just barely. I am one of your hosts, Robbie Thomas, and I'm joined by my good friend and former teammate, a guy that's a real gym rat, real high energy guy, high effort, real coach's kid, good mentally, a guy who knows his role. He's scrappy. He has a lot of heart. He's gritty. He's real cerebral. He's sneaky athletic. Mr. Seth Curran. (laughs) Before I go farther, do you have any euphemisms for white guys you want to add? Yeah, the guy that brings his hard hat lunch pail to the building. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good oh, one. I also like uh, the human foreburn. <laughs> okay, I haven't heard that. But yeah, the Mr. All of those things himself. I tell you, I got those nicknames. I just was Googling around and I found uh, an article called Your White Guy Code Word Power Rankings. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, scrappy was number one so you love good. Scrap. Love that's scrappy. a good one i know yeah fun stuff uh yeah so we are we are here we're live how are you doing how are you doing this week i'm feeling good ready to get going excited for all-star well break. yeah here's the deal so i gotta i gotta clear the air my performance last week was a little subpar okay i i had the second dose of the covid vaccine the day before and it kicked my ass i was Ooh. exhausted while we were recording last week but I feel great. Happy to happy that I'm fully vaccinated. I'm going around licking everything now. Good. That's good. Good yeah. to feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm ready to roll today. I'm glad we can blame all our audio issues on you. Yes. Not actual audio issues. That's we can good. blame it on COVID. Just That's on good. COVID. That's good. I like that. Uh, so moving on, potential sponsors. Uh, so we keep getting emails about, like from the, the website that hosts our podcast, we keep getting emails about signing up for sponsorship opportunities. I assume that they send it to everybody because... You need listeners to sell sponsors, which is right, right? That sounds right. Um, having said that, we are open to sponsors from anybody. Our standards cannot go lower. If you're interested, hit us up. Do we have an email? Or should we just... Do we have an email? Yeah. 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 What is our email? At graze the rim. No, wait. No, no that's it's not, not at. It's Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, graze the rim pod at gmail.com. Okay, good. I will, like I said, everyone's money is good here. I actually... We will sell out for anything. I, I have some exciting news. It's oh, in yeah. development. I've been emailing with someone about sponsoring us. Oh, yeah. I thought that they were associated with the Washington Wizards, but he said he's a grand wizard. I don't know what the difference is. Oh, my is. God. Uh, he's, gonna... in some, he's in some sort of a club. I don't know what the details are. Some group, but I'm excited. A long, healthy partnership with, with this guy. I am going to go ahead and say you should uh, block that email. We're, we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Uh, other... Housekeeping. Oh, pregame notes. That's the name of this segment. I forgot to introduce it. Other pregame notes. Last week, we played a clip from a Draymond Green interview, and I want to apologize. Well, somewhat apologize. Uh, I sped it up because it was a long clip to try to make it go faster. I didn't realize when I sped it up, it would you know increase the pitch as well. And 
I just didn't want to spend time figuring out how to lower the pitch. Plus, it sounded hilarious. It was not meant to be an insult. It was insult, so much better this way. But I just didn't want to figure out how to make it normal. So just a little housekeeping tip that that was not meant in jest. It was an accidental thing that happened that turned out great. It did. Uh, it, it was much better that way. It was really good. Other pregame notes. Uh, I was hoping you could update us on our favorite G League player, Pukashevsky, Alexei Pukashevsky. Oh, baby, do I have some news. Yeah. Uh, 24 games into his uh, USA professional career, he's attempted a free throw. Good. How did he do? How's yes. he done? Yes. He's a 50% shooter. Uh, so he's he's taken eight eight free throws. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In uh, the past three games. So good. Really Figure good to the line officially. Turn the corner. Yeah. So he's increased his percentages, shooting 29% from the floor, 26.5 from three. But get this, just had a game with 19 rebounds. Wow. Which okay. is actually really impressive. Yeah. Good for him. He's turned a corner. We will watch his career with a lot of excitement <laughs> and interest. Shout out the Poo Poo Chef. All right, we're ready to move on to some game recaps, right? Yes, sir. So, uh, beginning of the week, I'm so mad. We record Sunday morning, and I swear the best NBA news and funny moments happen on Sunday night without fail. So, last Sunday night, hours after we recorded, we had a great game between the Nets and the Clippers. Despite missing KD, the Nets beat a most, I think Paul George was on a minutes restriction, but it was a mostly healthy Clippers, while shooting 29% from three. Somehow the Nets dominated points in the paint. I I didn't watch the game. I don't know how. They look great, but that's not the story. Harden was the story. He had 37, 8, and 11, but it was his defense that won the day. Paint a little picture for you. Clippers down two with the ball. Kawhi drives on Harden, scores a layup. Whistle blown, offensive foul. Now, I don't know. Did you watch this? I did. Did yes. you see it? So I'll, I'll try to paint a picture if you didn't see this. Those of you that are listening, because you saw it, Seth. I did. So Harden literally parallel with Kawhi. Kawhi blows by him. They are straight in line with each other to the basket. Kawhi slows down to kind of create contact to draw a foul, which is it's a good move because Harden's not in legal guard position and tries to make contact with him. So, you know, Kawhi is doing the right thing. Kawhi puts his left arm on Harden, not in a way to extend it, but kind of like keep Harden out of his bubble. As as Kawhi does this, Harden goes flying. And I mean, he puts in more effort on this flop than he did the entire year that he was in Houston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what, what, did you, did you, so what are your thoughts on that, I guess? I it was one hell of a flop. Is what I was <laughs> uh, great acting. Uh, horrible call by the officials. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. So, uh, so the baseline terrible. ref, the ref that made the call... He was like perfectly in line with Harden and Kawhi, so all he could see was like the, the straight into Harden's back. So all he could see was that Harden absolutely launched himself backwards towards <laughs> him, towards the ref, and Kawhi with an outstretched left arm. What that ref didn't see was Kawhi did nothing to lead you to believe he extended his arm or pushed off on Harden. Right. I Especially love in that in that situation, you just swallow the whistle. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. That was what like you know Kawhi, famous not for talking, he said. Basically, we're playing volleyball all game, but now you want to blow a whistle. Yeah. My favorite thing was was Jeff Van Gundy, who was one of the commentators doing doing the game. When he saw it, they, they played it back in slow motion. When during the replay, he had just a great reaction. So as it happened, he was just all he said was, No. Nope. <laughs> no. But, but just he just he was not having it. The Kawhi had Harden beat, which obviously because it's Harden playing defense. Right. Harden fouls Kawhi, flops, and gets rewarded for it. Kind of hated it. The memes were good, but uh, oh, yeah. I would be frustrated if I was a Clippers fan. Very. 
Uh, so moving I don't on. I think they exist though. That's true. Alleged, you know, if I was alleged Clippers yeah. fan. So I think it was it. What day was it? It was either the same day or the next day. Uh, Luca hit a game winner. Worth noting about this was that it was the exact same spot that he hit the game winner in the playoffs against the Clippers. So Jalen Brown playing the Celtics. Jalen Brown ties it up with a layup with like ten seconds left. They don't call timeout. Luca coming the other way. They set a ball screen and poor what's his name Aaron Neesmith, the rookie for the Celtics. Somehow Jalen Brown doesn't fight through the screen. He just passes off Luca. It's like yeah, you take him. You know, bad move. Tough luck for him. Luca hit a nice step back, almost identical shot to the one against the um, against the Clippers. So the Mavs had been rolling. That they've bounced back. They're well into the playoff race in the West. They had won six of seven going into Philadelphia Thursday night. They got smoked. The game was never close. And it it highlighted the Mavs' issues, which is they need scoring help other than Luca. Luca didn't have a great game, and there was no chance because of it. Kristaps missed his third straight game with a back injury. I said, I want to ask you something. Uh, pretend you're, let's say you're the GM, GM of your favorite team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, okay? Yeah. So, so if we're going to use hypothetical, because a player like this does not exist for the Timberwolves. If there was a young player that you wanted to keep on your team that you thought was going to be good, had a lot of potential, you were excited about, pretend, because obviously that's not the case on the Timberwolves. If you were asked about trade rumors and there was a guy that was young that you did not want to trade, how would you respond? Like, are you thinking of trading? Phone. I'm hanging up the phone. Well, no, like, like to that's good. That, but, but to like, if you're in, if you're asked in an interview, like, are there trade rumors? Oh, you just shut it down. Said absolutely not. That's absolutely our, not. That's our cornerstone guy. Good. So, so you're you're emphasizing how valuable he is to you, right? That we we have no interest in trading this guy. Yes. Well, well, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, did not take such a hard and fast approach to shutting down these rumors. Here's what he said when he was asked. It's not accurate. We have not discussed this at all. Has not happened. So no denying that, yeah, yeah, we want him on our team. We're happy he's here. Just is has there been trade rumors? He's no. Like there's no follow-up, but will there be trade rumors? But but basically he was given an option to double down that we like Kristaps, he's our guy, and he did not take it. So Yeah, it's not a good look. It's not a ringing endorsement for him. Exactly. It can't make you feel good as Kristaps. Exactly. But so anyways. Back to this one game against the Sixers, Mavericks Sixers. Josh Richardson was the second leading scorer on the Mavericks. Scored 13 points while having a plus minus of minus 25. Mm, love it. So, so for those that don't know, plus minus is just basically the score of the game while you were on the court. So while Josh Richardson was on the court, the Mavericks were outscored by 25 points. Mm-hmm. They lost by like 20, by the way. Meanwhile, Seth Curry was plus 17 and had 15 points on nine shots. The reason I bring this up is because Josh Richardson and Seth Curry were traded between the Mavs and the Sixers. So last year, Seth Curry was on the Mavs. This year, he's on the Sixers, and Josh Richardson opposite. Uh, When asked about how does it feel to play your former team, Seth Curry said, it was nothing personal. I got a lot of respect for them, but they made a bad business decision, which A, is very true, and B, Mm -hmm. is a very cold thing to say. Yeah, it is. I love it. Uh, So I have a question for you. Was this how much of this loss is to blame on the Sixers or on the Mavs issues, and how much of it is because the Sixers are just a good team? Like Joel Embiid was five for twenty in that game, and there was never a doubt they would win. Yeah, I think it's more Sixers talent. Being good, yeah, yeah, more so than I mean, the, the, we know the Mavs have their issues. Right. Well, Luca's off. Uh, offense is is ugly at times. Having somebody like Seth Curry that can get his own shot would be very helpful. 
Mm. Um, but the, but the trade-off for that was they needed to surround Luca with better perimeter defenders, which is not a strength of Seth Curry, but a strength of Josh Richardson. Right. So in that way, I mean, it, it's still the trade still looks bad. For it them. does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's look at Cleveland a little bit. The Cavs. Okay. Man, they have been bad. They've lost twelve out of thirteen games before winning three straight here. They had a nice ten-game losing streak, and then they've won three in a row. Now with these three wins. It was an all-time collapse from the Hawks, a win against the Rockets, who are on their own 10-game losing streak, and then last night just beat the Sixers in overtime. So I don't know what to make of this. They were a fun early team. Uh, people, they were in the um, way early. They were in the playoff race. Right. Colin Sexton was getting some all-star uh, publicity, and then they just disappeared. I don't yeah. think this. I don't think these three wins mean anything. But Jared Allen and Colin Sexton are fun. To watch together, they're fun, and they—it just feels like the Cavs have fallen into what we thought they would be this year, which is really bad. Yeah, they gave you a glimmer of hope, right? Um, and then went back to being the Cavs. Exactly. And then uh, we got the Miami Heat, who are on a five-game winning streak. They've won nine of the last twelve, including a big win against the unbeatable Jazz last night. So early, we were talking about how they were struggling. They had a lot of health and safety protocol issues. Jimmy wasn't playing, uh, kind of relying on Bam to to do everything for him. Now that Jimmy's been back, they, he has completely changed the trajectory of this team. I don't know if I throw them in the contender category, but they are definitely uh, top ha- uh, probably top five seed in the East now. So where they're at right now, they're all the way up to 16 and 17, which in the Eastern Conference is good enough to get you to six seed. <laughs> uh, so they're actually tied with the Celtics for record, uh, but they're just a game out of fourth place. So watch for the uh, watch for the Heat. They are uh, they are on a run here. Yeah, well, I mean, if last year showed us anything, it's they don't need to be a top four seed to make a run in the playoffs. So they could kind of fall onto that a team no one wants to play, you know, slot. Right. All right, let's look at a game a little closer. We got Lakers Blazers here from the other night, which was a hundred and two ninety three win for the Lakers. There's a lot of questions about the Lakers. They've been struggling without Anthony Davis on the on the court. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was also out for health and safety protocols. Uh, they lost four to five, and Twitter was not being kind to them. Mm. Now this one was another rough start for the Lakers, uh, but Dennis Schroeder was back. He's the only other guy right now besides LeBron that can initiate the offense or get his own shot off the bounce. Kuzma was a good scorer, but he relies on other guys to get him good looks. And same with KCP, Caruso, just finding open threes on the um, <clears throat> on the wing. Dane was great in this game, put up 35 points. Now, something the Lakers did great in this game was they were just trapping the pick and roll, making Dane get out of his hand immediately and relying on somebody other than Dame to beat them. And it worked. Held them to shoot, uh, shooting less than 30% from three. The Lakers are still struggling from three. They're so far below league average. They're bottom five in attempts and makes and percentage uh, after starting the, the year uh, crazy hot with Caruso and KCP. But this win was just huge for the Lakers' confidence. Hopefully they can start a little run here now. Yeah, well, it just stopped the bleeding, if anything else. Right. That they just they needed to, to silence the haters, which we all love to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll see how the Lakers, how the Lakers do going forward. Um, so the game I watched was Nuggets Wizards, which is I think last Wednesday. So the Wizards, who by the way are seven and one in their last eight, including this win, <laughs> two point win, one hundred and twelve, one hundred and ten was the score. Nuggets played pretty bad in the first half, but 
kind of clawed their way back in, in the second half where it was pretty back and forth for most of the second half. Felt like the old Wizards or the Wizards we know and love for most of the year would have just let the Nuggets have their way in this game and, and blow it open. But it stayed close. But that's not why we're here to talk about the narratives <laughs> behind this game. So end of this game, down two points. Nuggets get a long rebound. Jamal Murray leads the break. Ten seconds left, down two. Three on one. He stops at the three-point line and kind of loses the ball for a second, which is weird. Uh, but so, like some more guys filtered back, but it was still a four on three for the Nuggets. So the other three offensive players for the Nuggets all lined up on the three-point line. Like, you would have sworn they were down three the way they did this. It was a, a bad pass to, what's his name, Compazzo, who, by the way, is so fun to watch. Shout out. He's a little white Spanish dude that makes, you know, classic no-look passes. He's awesome. Jamal Murray makes a pass to him, misses the three to win the game. This might have been the worst end-of-game possession I've ever seen. Like, I... I Michael Porter Jr., Composo, and there's another guy that just all lined up on the three-point line. The lane was wide open. Literally, a wide-open layup was yours for the taking. If any of them just had to dive to the rim. Nobody did. They lost the game. Like, like what a, this is this is analytics gone wrong, that nobody wants to shoot a two-point shot. Exactly. What did you did you see this? Yeah, what I did. did uh, so, Jamal Murray's leading the break. Michael Porter, if he just runs hard to the rim, it's the easiest two points he might ever get. Right. But but he's he is ahead of Jamal Murray, so he's trained to just sprint to the corner, and that's and what I, he does. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then the other two guys just stand around the perimeter as well. Jamal Murray actually tweeted a picture. Did you see this? He tweeted I did a see picture it, yeah. of he's like this angle, and it's a picture of the three guys around the perimeter. No one's in the paint. Just there's a guy guarding Jamal Murray with the ball. It it, it looks horrible. Like you said, it's analytics gone wrong. Um, they're just kind of like programmed to run the three point line. And yeah, cost the cost the Nuggets the game. Exactly, here. exactly. Um, all right, so moving on. Main story is something we've talked about for a while, but the All Star Reserved were announced. Yes, they uh, were. do you do you have those? Do you want to read those off for yeah, us? Yeah, I'll, I'll read them off. I'll read off the rosters. In the West, we got Captain LeBron James, Steph, Luca, Jokic, Leonard as the starters, and then Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson. And then, since Anthony Davis is hurt, Devin Booker has replaced Anthony Davis on the All-Star team. In the East, we have Kevin Durant as the captain. We got Joel Embiid, Giannis, Bradley Beal, Kyrie as the starters. And then James Harden, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, and Damanis Sabonis. Now, Kevin, this is the weird thing. Kevin Durant is the captain, but he's also hurt, so he's not playing. So Jason Tatum has replaced him in the starting lineup, and now Demonis Sabonis has replaced Kevin Durant as an extra player. Yeah, I don't know how we'll talk about it. I don't know how that that's going to work with the draft, but main story is we drafted who we think our reserves would be, as in excluding the locks, which of these potential players would make the team, mm-hmm. and you got absolutely torched. I got I can say with yeah. confidence. So yes. we drafted six players for what was it, five or six spots. I'll, I'll read them again. So you drafted in order: Trey Young, Dominus Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Chris Middleton, Ben Simmons, Gordon Hayward. Of those, Ben Simmons was the only initial All Star. <laughs> so you were one for six. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Dominus Sabonis got in as an injury, but you're still one for six. I was. I picked Devin Booker, Julius Randle, Bam Adebayo, Zion Williamson, Chris Paul, Zach Levine. So I. Counting Devin Booker as a reserve, I almost went six for six. I was five for six. Yeah. So let me just defend myself. My sure. strategy here was we had two open spots in the in the West, right? Right. 
and four in the East or whatever it was. I was just trying to gather as many East guys as I could. And I thought that Julius Randle and Zach Lee had zero chance of making the All-Star <laughs> game. <laughs> I do. I also want to point out that you you pulled, you thought you pulled a fast one on me. I thought so too, that I didn't include Chris Middleton as a lock. No, so no, no, thought... not as a, no, not as a lock, as a, someone that, that was in the pool of players to draft from. Oh, okay. Well, I had excluded Chris Middleton entirely from my potential picks, and you were so happy that I did because you. I'm sure you thought, "Oh, free. This is easy." I did think it was free. And uh, then... Chris, I I do believe that there are there are very few snubs this year. Yeah. Uh, especially with the two replacements. Right. Uh, you have Chris Middleton as a snub. I think that yeah. Why not? Him and Trey Young are the only two you could actually make a case for. Uh, but the Buck, I think the biggest thing the Bucks struggle. They wanted like a bad five. Yeah, at the streak. end, and it was yeah. it was in guys' mind. Yeah. Well, right. I want to. So we talked. To the, we said there's not many snubs, and I think we can agree because, like, there's just more than enough deserving players. And mm-hmm. if you say somebody's a snub, that means you have to exclude somebody. Right. What makes me mad is the injury replacement, and I don't know why, but I hate this idea. So so here's here's why I'm upset by it. So Anthony Davis makes the All Star game as reserved. And it's well known he's not going to play. Like, he's been announced that he's out through the All-Star game for weeks. So everybody that voted for him knows he's not going to play, but they wanted to, like, reward him with an All-Star appearance, right? So when it's announced that Anthony Davis is in, and everybody else that's announced, obviously, Devin Booker's not initially announced. And the internet spends a full day pissed off that he's not an All-Star. But then he's announced as the injury replacement. It's all fine. Like, nobody has an issue with it. Like, why is everyone fine with it? He was number 16. Like, he didn't... He didn't make the cut. They didn't change their vote to make him an all-star. It's just somebody couldn't play, so he's in. I don't know why. Like, I was thinking, like, what if they announced, like, an injured reserve player that still gets a berth? But so, we, like, because the only reason Devin Booker's getting recognized as an all-star is because Anthony Davis is out. Mm-hmm. And, like, what makes me mad is that the injury replacements takes away our right as people, our right as humans to be mad about something unjust online without being able to provide a solution. That is exactly. a fully American right. And I like being mad that Booker wasn't in. I liked being mad that Sabonis wasn't in. Did you know that that people were mad? Dominus Sabonis would have been the first player in NBA history to average 20 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and not make the All-Star team. They did not know that. I can't be mad about it because now he is an All-Star. Though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I don't I don't like it. I, I don't know if there's a good solution, but like think of, like we have 16 All-Stars from each conference no. this year. Other years we don't, like there's just extra all stars and like so if you want to be mad about people not making it or be honored that people do make it or happy for people, I I, I just don't like the system that some years is more than others because of injury. I don't know a fix for it, but I don't like it. Yeah, I got a I got another thing that I found interesting was that that Trey Young was not even in like the discussion. It seemed you know really yeah okay. Uh, so last year he was voted in by the fans and the players and the media as a starter right right his numbers are not all too different from last year so i'm wondering had he not been named as a starter last year would the coaches have even put him in like is it a is it a the coaches don't think his game is all-star worthy that's a good point he doesn't play defense which obviously the coaches like because they put in guys like ben simmons and rudy gobert who are just really good defensively without putting in good numbers right so yeah that's a good question also um I have another thing. You you just texted me. <laughs> Why did you just tell me? So you just texted me that there are only twelve All Stars in each conference. You're yes. right. I got mixed up with All NBA. Yes. Which there are fifteen. Um, 
So what wh- what was your plan that I would just uh, how are we going to correct this because it's yeah, wrong? Yeah, if you wanted to re- just start it over. Oh, just do the whole thing. I kind of ran it for a while, and I don't want to. Okay, that's so fine. we're gonna now referendum. There's only twelve players in each conference. Uh, Devin Booker was number thirteen. Damanis Sabonis was number thirteen. Yes. Also. Anything else that needs to be corrected? I don't think so. No. Okay. I got a question though. Yeah. From for all time, I was told that like team performance matters right. in all star right. selections. So. But that clearly is not the case anymore. Well, that was actually so. Was, I, I was going to talk about that a little bit. Do you have yeah. a question? Do you want me to? Well, well, just that. Like Why? the fifteen and seventeen Celtics are have two players. Yeah, in. pretty pretty un, unquestioned. Players. Yeah, right. Yeah. Those two were the, the yeah. locks. Yeah, that's a good question. I yeah yeah that's my my issue with snubs is that I couldn't find a snub because I couldn't find anybody, especially with with the injury replacements. I couldn't find anybody that I think needed to come off or should come off. Right. But but that that was my thing was that that Zion Williamson was named an All Star, and Devin Booker was not initially. So well, so even though Devin Booker is an All Star, people had Zion over Devin Booker, and that was my question was because yeah. if the coaches are going to pick guys like Ben Simmons and Rudy Gobert who are averaging like thirteen points a game, I don't have a problem with it. I think they're you know of the top however many twenty five players in the league, they're probably up there. But if you're gonna Say, okay, this guy doesn't put up good numbers, but advanced numbers are great. He really helps the team win defensively. Like, so Zion Williamson and Devin Booker, they're putting up pretty similar numbers. But Devin Booker has a better plus-minus, and they're a better team. Like, like, Zion has a negative net rating. So yeah. when Zion's off the court, his team is better. When Zion's on the court, did you know this? Defensively, they give up 119 points per 100 possessions, which would be second worst in the league. So like <laughs> we, we were really high on Zion as a talent last week. And he is mm-hmm. a great talent, but he's oh, yeah. awful defensively. Like, like you know, his stat lines are incredible, and he scores super efficient ratings. Like, a few weeks ago, did you know this? A game against the Mavericks, he shoots 14 of 15 from the field, 8 of 11 from the free throw line, 36 points. They lose by 13. Mm-hmm. He has a minus 12 plus minus. Yeah. So, so think about that. Like, he shoots 14 of 15 from the field, and the team is 12 points worse when he's on the court. Yeah. He doesn't play defense. Their, their team is 14 and 18. He doesn't really contribute to winning. And, and Brandon Ingram puts up almost identical numbers right. with a little better advanced stats. So so I don't know, like, if you're going to say good teams matter and good teams should have representation, I don't know how you justify Devin Booker off while Zion on when they're putting up identical numbers, but Devin Booker's team is just better. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Kind of the same thing in the East. You know, we are a very pro-European center podcast. Right. Like... Demonis Sabonis and Nikola Vucevic are putting up very similar numbers, but That's the Pacers true. are better. Pacers, so, yeah. so, so why was Sabonis not selected um, ahead of Vucevic? But like, it, it is the coaches that select, so there's nothing that that they have to adhere to any guidelines. They just pick yeah. who they want in the game. And they're certainly watching more. I hope they're watching more basketball <laughs> than we are. One would hope. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, I would be nice if they would like release something of why or how they picked or yeah. who they picked just just so we can understand cuz cuz it seems kind of inconsistent. Right. So okay, so we talked there's a lot of deserving players, more deserving players than there were spots. But there's a lot of players that were kind of seemed that they were always on the outside looking in. So who do you think going forward, who do you think are are, are future all-stars? I I I don't know if there's anybody that I'm like, yeah, this guy next year for sure. I'm more confident yeah. that Instead of saying this guy will be a first-time All-Star, I'm more confident saying Julius Randle, this is the last time he'll be an All-Star. 
So somebody's going to replace him. <laughs> who who do you think? Who do you like as as the next breed of all stars? Well, I think there's it's it's interesting. There's a couple guys that have that are that are older that have kind of that seems like this might have been their last chance or something like that to okay. get in. Um or that they just there's so many better players in that conference, whatever it is. So guys like CJ McCollum and Tobias Harris, kind of the guys that have been around longer, that I would love to see finally get an all-star appearance at some point. Yeah. Not saying they were deserving this year or anything like that. But the interesting thing is these young guys that are that are just insane. People like Shea Godis Alexander, John Morant, De'Aaron Fox. The problem is those three guys are gonna are all in the West. They all right. play the same position. They're all gonna be fighting for these all-star spots, which makes it really interesting and competitive. Uh, but so, so one of these guys is going to break through eventually. Chris Paul's getting older. There goes a spot in the West. Um, so it, that'll be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I think I think you said a bunch of them, but I think a lot of these young guys kind of fall into the the good player on a bad team. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to leave them off. Like you said, Shy. I don't think... Is it Shy or Shea? Shea. Yeah, which, if, whatever we're going to call okay. him. G-A, SGA. <laughs> SGA. SGA. Uh, I don't think the Thunder are done tanking no. like, next year, so I, I don't think he'll be in for a while, even if he does play well. De'Aaron Fox, I had I had guys, I had a category of players on a bad team that would be mm-hmm. in if their teams were better. I had Shy, Shay, Shy, I had SGA. Colin Sexton, I had De'Aaron Fox, I had Christian Wood, I had Jeremy Grant. Yeah. I think, so So those are the guys that their, their teams just need to do better unless they start putting up monster numbers. Mm-hmm. I had you said him. I had John Morant. I think he's next one in. Oh, I think it's a, yeah. Because no their team is better. He was he was hurt this year, mm-hmm. but but he had a pretty bad ankle sprain. But besides that, I think he is going to be the next one in. I think he's going to be there for a while. And then another guy in the West at that same position is Jamal Murray. But like, are the Nuggets ever going to be good enough to get two guys in? Because he's definitely never getting in ahead of Jokic. That's true, and his his numbers haven't been eye popping. Right. So they right. they would have to be just great record wise to justify two guys in. Yeah. All right, moving on. Yeah, let's move on a little bit. Talk about everyone's favorite team. Yes, that's right. (laughs) I'll take the floor here. Big news in the world of Timberwolves. Uh, Head coach Ryan Saunders has finally been fired. Finally. Uh, So he took over in the 2018-19 season. That was the year they let Tom Thibodeau go mid-season. Wasn't he, correct me, he was the youngest coach of all time? Yes, yes. How old Uh, was he? 31, right, at the time of his hiring? He is very young. Okay. okay. Um, and so this may not be his last head coaching job. We don't know. Uh, but he was 43 and 94 in over the span of three seasons. He didn't even coach two full seasons, but over the course of three seasons. He is the son of the late Flip Saunders, winning his coach in Timberwolves history during the KG time. KG loves him. Uh, <clears throat> so a lot of people thought that he got the job based on his name, kind of like a legacy thing, like we need to give him to him. Uh, in honor of Flip. Uh, so some people weren't too happy about that. But like I said, he was 43 and 94. That's a 0.314 win percentage. Yeah. Okay. That is 14th worst all time for coaches that have coached <laughs> that many as many games as he has. Okay. Interesting thing I found, though. So like I said, he won 31.4% of his games. Right below him, Magic Johnson. 31.3% wow. of I forgot the, he was a head coach. Five, he was 5 and 11 in his coaching career. Oh, okay. 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 Elite company. <laughs> yeah, had no, I had no idea. But what's interesting about this, the very weird circumstances of his firing and the hiring of Chris Finch. So Chris fin- Finch was hired from the uh, Toronto Raptors the night that Ryan Saunders was fired. 
This is the sixth time this has ever happened in NBA history. That, that what? Set, a mid-season? Well, yes. So second time since 1997 that a coach has been hired from another team's coaching staff mid-season. Okay. So very, so very rare this happens. There was yeah. no interview process that happened. The National Basketball Coaches Association is very mad at the Timberwolves uh, process, hmm. saying that they're, the coaches did not get a fair chance uh, for this job. And to that, I say, that's too bad. The Timberwolves can do whatever they want. Right. So the story with this, that's what's interesting is there was, uh, in 2018, or 2019, that offseason, Saunders had just finished up his interim st- stint as the coach. And Gerson Rosas took over as the GM. So they started a whole coaching search uh, interview process. And it was down to three uh, candidates. Ryan Saunders, who ultimately got the job. David Vanderpool, who is now the uh, like the associate head coach. And then Chris Finch. So when Saunders was fired, the, the thinking was that David Vanderpool was just going to get promoted to interim coach, finish out the season, and then take over from there. Uh, but, the, but the Wolves always kind of had Chris Finch in mind, it sounds like. And so they didn't want to go through the process of naming Vanderpool the interim head coach, letting the players get used to him and kind of like having him as a coach, and then just fire him as offseason. So to me, it makes sense. It's it's weird circumstances for sure, but uh, I think the Timberwolves kind of always knew who their guy was and didn't want to take a, take a chance on losing him. Yeah, that's weird. When you say it like that, I, I guess it makes sense. I don't know why they played out the year with Ryan Sanders. Like, why right. don't they just – whatever. I don't it's, know. How, do you, so how do you feel? Are you excited of the new, for the new coach? So I am excited. He's been, I think, four or five games already. Um, same old Timberwolves. Still haven't won a game since right. he's taken over. Right. Um, so nothing has changed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Except for the coach. Exactly. But nothing's changed. Um, I do. I do feel bad for Saunders and the fact that he was prominent. You know, the the thing was you're going to get D'Angelo Russell and Carly Towns, and they played five games together. Uh, not to say Saunders is a good coach, uh, just he got put into rough circumstances. Right. Well, yeah, that um, it makes us think that that you know we're we're in the prime of firing season. It feels like that it's yes. it's been long enough for some for some teams to say goodbye to their their coaches. <laughs> Who do you? Who's next? Is the big question. Who do we like? Yeah, I I have my oh I got my eyes on Lloyd Pierce, the okay. Hawks coach. Um, so this is his third year. Uh, he won his first year. He won twenty nine games. Uh, then 120 last year. And this was the year that the Hawks were supposed to make the jump. You know, they went out this offseason, got some big pieces. Yeah, spent a bunch of money, yeah. Yep, Bogdanovich and Gallinari even got playoff Rondo. But uh, they're 14 and 19 right now and have been very underwhelming. I just think that it's time for Lord Lloyd Pierce to, to go. And I think that a lot of Hawks fans feel the same way. Yeah, they're, they're, he is definitely on a short leash. Yeah. I My guy to look out for was Luke Walton of the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. The Kings just won a game, beat the Pistons by three, but that snapped a nine-game losing streak. Uh, the Kings oh, yeah. have the worst defense in the league. Mm-hmm. They're well out of the playoff race. They, they, we talked about them maybe trading Harrison Barnes. That might just happen because they're so bad. The, the Kings look like they should be sellers, except for buying out Luke Walton's contract. <laughs> they are, they are on a fourteen-year playoff drought, and it's certainly not about to end this year. No, it is not. I wonder, my question is, I wonder if Draymond Green thinks that the fans blame the players for this. Mm. Yes, they I should. I haven't heard from him. It is the player. It's always the player's fault. Always. So speaking of other coaches on the hot seat, really interesting name came around. That is one Brad Stevens, the coach of the Boston Celtics. I think he's been, it's been like eight or nine years he's been a coach for them, right? He's been around for a while. Yeah. They have had a lot of playoff runs, none of them making it to the finals. 
we, we talked about it last week, or I talked about it last week. The Celtics are just average to below average team this year. Mm-hmm. They're they're middle of the pack offensively and defensively rating. They're way too reliant on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and Kemba's been pretty bad. Last year, after they lost the Heat, I remember saying this that the Brad Stevens has he's done well in the playoffs. He's had some playoff success, but they've never broken through. And I think he's always been able to hide behind playing in LeBron's conference and the team being just too young to perform, mm-hmm. a combination of those things, that we can't get past LeBron's teams and, you know, our core guys are young, they're still developing, they're coming up. The, he's running out of excuses. The, the, they're, the, the, the lack of success, they're running out of things to blame on besides the coach. Like, I think right. he's a good coach, but at some point it's the coach's fault. Like, the coach has to take the blame if the team's not winning. I have a comparison for you. I think that that could be oh, yeah. something to watch out for. Um Ironically, Vegas finds him the second betting odds favorite to be fired after oh. the, the Ryan Sanders. And that is one Dwayne Casey of the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> he is the all-time leader in coaching wins for the Toronto Raptors. Yes. So he took the job in 2011-2012. Here is win percentages by year while coaching the Raptors. 348, 415, 585, 598, which was a 49-win season. Then 683. 622, and in 2018, a 720 win percentage, which is 59-23. That year, he was good enough for the number one seed in the conference. Mm-hmm. They set the franchise record for wins and points. Anyone coach of the year yep. and was fired. If you remember, he was given the award for coach of the year after he was fired, yeah. which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They were so they were a perennial playoff team in those years, but they were they could never get past the Cavs. They ended up, they were swept by the 2018 Cavs, who were arguably the worst of LeBron's Cavs teams, of mm-hmm. his second sit in Cleveland. And and ask the previous coach that's under Scott Brooks, at some point, moderate playoff success isn't good enough when you have good talent. Yes. And I'm, I'm wondering if Brad Stevens is going to fall into that category of coaches. At some point, you'd have to shake something up. And, you know, those those star players aren't going anywhere. Right. You're not getting rid of those guys. It's always – the coach, sadly, is always going to be the fall guy. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. So So we'll see. I, I don't I don't know I think they'd have to do pretty bad for him to get yeah. fired midseason if they you know flame out first round of the playoffs that might be cause for him firing but but uh, like I said it's been I think eight years and he's had a lot of talent around him and no finals appearances so yeah I would say it'd be, there'd be a long line of suitors though that would look into grabbing Brad oh, for that Stevens job? Yeah. oh for Brad Stevens I was thinking yeah. Celtics that's well, true both, yeah. yeah yeah Brad Stevens would not be unemployed for long <laughs> no he would not. So yeah, speaking of the other side of the uh, of the USA is the Los Angeles Lakers, who they are having troubles of their own, which we you mentioned in a, in a game recap. Yeah. Um, I I how do you feel about this? I guess how 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 nervous are you? So I am with the Lakers, and I am not nervous. Okay. With the LeBron drought in February is a, is an annual thing. Like yeah. the teams, LeBron team skid in, the, in February all the time. Uh, the, I don't think people realize the importance of Dennis Schroeder, like him being out on top of Anthony Davis. Yeah, was, it showed, in, like, and like you we, said, against the uh, against the Trailblazers, that he was missed. Yeah, I mean, when you when your second and third players are out, it's and your your team is very structured financially, top heavy. You know, your, your best two players, your top three players, are making almost all your money. Right. Uh, it really dilutes the rest of the product. So when one of those two guys and two of the three guys are out. Um, it's going to have huge, huge uh, impact, and I think I think it was just overlooked a little bit. And having him back is kind of easing Lakers fans, I think. And then 
just taking their time with Anthony Davis, I think they're going to be fine. I am I am in no way panicked about the Lakers. Yeah, I think so too. I it's kind of funny. So they they won the other night was it Friday night against the Blazers. They won Friday night. Before that, they were on like a four game losing streak. And after the fourth game, uh, Markeith Morris was asked about it, and and it's it's kind of an, I don't know what he said was this is new for all of us, but we need it. If you ask me, we need it because you never know with injuries, you never know in the playoffs. We need these challenging times to find out who we really are. I agree that you never know with injuries, you never know in the playoffs. I don't agree that you need these challenging times because because <laughs> like like there's you know there's this my, mindset of like we go through the hardest things, we're forged through fire, and we come out better. Like do you know what's better than that? Like being better than the fire. Like last year they didn't have this at all, and I, I think it worked out pretty well. They were just better. Like you don't, it's a good spin zone, I guess, but you don't need the struggles. Like no, I don't know. Like you said, I guess I'm not. I'm not nervous because the Anthony Davis injury is is significant. But uh, some stats, like you said, they've been a bad three point shooting team. So pre Anthony Davis injury, they were thirty six percent three point shooting themselves, which was above average. They were allowing third best in the league thirty four percent. So teams were shooting thirty four percent against them. Since then, they're shooting a league worst twenty nine percent. While they're allowing forty percent from three that their yeah. opponents are shooting, yeah. so, and I mean, like Anthony Davis isn't all that like like him being on the floor makes it easier for shooters because he just draws so much attention on offense. Right. But just guys are going through slumps at the same time that that this injury happens, and that's just worse defensively. And so some of that's missing Anthony Davis, but some of it I just think is it's just a rough patch. So like you said, I'm not yeah. that nervous. Um, on the flip side, though, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Boston Celtics. We know we just talked about that. Are you are you panicked about their recent struggles? If I were, it's hard. If I were a Celtics fan, I have to really, you know, get out of myself to to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's hard to be that nervous when you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like right, you know, like you're having for a while. You're always going to be not terrible, but I you got to be somewhat nervous because this this team, the way they're set up right now is not geared to win. And we talked about how Celtics are famous for like talking about their being really involved in trades but never actually doing it. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but a very Celtics thing ever. Uh, Danny Ainge came out and said the Celtics have been close on deals a couple times already this year. Oh. Which is good to hear because that's what you need to win is be close on trades. I also heard there was a rumor that um, Danny Ainge was very actively shopping Kemba Walker before the year started. And then apparently a lot of uh, teams were upset because he was trying to sell off damaged goods. Yeah, people, his knee lat- procedure. His, yeah. yeah, knee injuries. But it's, um, I say it's it's not a good sign when your when your owner and GM both say that this is not a championship roster. Yeah, that's for not sure. a that's not a good sign. Yeah, and, and like we said, that at some point the coach is going to have to take the blame, mm-hmm. regardless of how at fault he is. So that's a that's a stay tuned, but not optimistically for a Celtics fan. Right. You know, hope- definitely a lot more worried about them than the Lakers. For right sure, hundred percent. Yeah. I thought you were gonna segue to the other end of the expectations, which is the Washington Wizards. <laughs> they so like we said, was it they're they've won seven of eight. Yeah. They they might be a real team. And I don't mean a real team like wow these guys are the real deal. I mean they might be a team that really belongs in the NBA, which is they good. They're one of the 30 teams. Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. They're in the NBA. So they started, like I said, they won 7 of 8. Before that, they were 7 of 17. So I don't remember what the total record is now. They're still below 500, but I think they're creeping up in the playoff race. 
they're not winning games by a lot in these wins. It's not like they're convincingly blowing out teams, but they're winning games, which is obviously a mark yeah. proven. They, I just found some stats before their win streak versus after since they won seven of eight. Before the win streak, they were the worst three point shooting team, or worst three point shooting defense in the league, and they gave the most points. So they were really bad at defending the three, really bad at defending points, which I guess they're connected. But since then, they've been a good defensive team, except for getting smacked by the Clippers earlier in the week. They had a top five defensive rating, excluding that game. And they also, they were a bottom, I think they were a bottom five three-point percentage themselves, and they're middle of the pack since their win streak. Yeah. I think two players specifically. Uh, one, Davis Bertans, what's his nickname? The Again, Latvian Laser. That's right. He is. He has been really up and down this year. It's a. a it's been a bad year for him. It's a career-low three-point percentage. So he's he's down four points per game for last year, and... He's taking less threes, and his three-point percentage has gone from 43% to 37 this year. So he's you can really go look at his game log. When he shoots the ball well, they are markedly better. And mm-hmm. our guy, speaking of as he goes, the team goes, is one Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he so you know he was injured to start the season. Had his quad injury, I believe. Yeah. And he's been playing. I mean, it's not... It's not my favorite kind of basketball, what Russ Westbrook does. Right. Russ, Russ God is a guy. God, if it's not effective. <laughs> Russ is a guy that I'm a, like, I'm a fan of his game, of his mentality. I would not want him on my team. No. But, no. you know, I think he's better. NBA is better off when he's doing well. He is. He is just at the core a winner. Like, he will do anything to win, and he wants to win bad. Right. Um, this His decision-making is not always great. Mm. It's not for me, but... Uh, with him and then Bradley Beal, obviously, is leading the NBA in scoring. If those guys are on, they can compete. Yeah, I had him. I was high on them going into the year. I had him as a playoff team, like maybe even being above the buy-in or the play-in games. Yeah. So hopefully they do, so I look less stupid. Yeah, but here, imagine if they get the eight seed and the uh, the Nets end up with the one seed and we got a oh. Harden KD versus a Russ matchup that for four must, games. That is must see for four games. <laughs> <laughs> you could give, I'll give him five. I'll give the Wizards one. That would be must see TV for sure. Other great news in the Wizards is, I was high on him coming into the year. Uh, the rookie, Denny Advia, the Israeli insurgent. What's, there we his, go. what's his nickname? Um he he! I thought he fell to him at the number nine pick. Yeah, I did too. He hasn't been great statistically, but all time great news from him is that he said that he learned to speak English from playing Call of Duty. <laughs> so, my Denny jersey is in the mail. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> you gotta love that. Oh God! How could you not support a guy like that? That's right. So we're good. We're moving on. Splash and passing. Let's splash and pass. We're gonna splash and pass. So our topic this week for splash and pass. Every week we pick a different theme. When we splash, we like something. When we pass, we don't. We pick a different NBA theme to kind of mix it up. This week, our theme is how conscious of you of how many timeouts your team has left. So we are every other professional basketball player or Chris Weber. For those of you that don't remember, in 1993, former All-NBA player Chris Weber was then a member of the Michigan Wolverines. He was part of the iconic Fab Five, which is a historically great recruiting class Five freshman players. There's a great 30 for 30 of it, if you haven't seen it. So in 1993, in their second straight trip to the Final Four, they were down two to North Carolina with 11 seconds left. Chris Weber brings the ball up, gets trapped to half court, tries to call timeout. Problem is, team doesn't have any. 
which if you don't know, if you're awarded a timeout when you don't have any timeouts, it's a technical foul. So gets a technical foul. Timberwolves or goddamn Timberwolves. Tar Heels <laughs> shoot two free throws, win the game, and effectively loses them the game. So splash a pass. How conscious of you of how many timeouts your team has left? Every other NBA player or Chris Webber. Let's start with trade rumors. Well, but let me stop you there. I think, I think my my long game plan is working. That I just if I talk about the Timberwolves enough, it's like implanted in your brain and you become Timberwolves fan. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened was I was talking about somebody that didn't perform well and made a big mistake <laughs> in a game, and so you know Freudian Timberwolves just slips into my brain That's whenever fair. I think of underperforming. That's so fair. you're you are in some aspects you're correct. <laughs> okay, let's get the trade rumors. Yeah. All right, I got some here for you. I just want to hear what you have to think. Love it. Uh, first, PJ Tucker. Uh, like we said, Rockets have lost 10 in a row. Sounds like they might be starting to sell. Uh, teams like the Nuggets, Nets, and Jazz have, have shown some interest. Yeah, I so I also heard the Heat as a, as a yeah. team. So keep that in mind. But so PJ Tucker, is he's either 35 or about to turn 35. He's normally a classic 3 and D guy. He's not shooting the three well this year. Mm-hmm. But he still has a lot of value for a, a contender. I think the Nets and Nuggets specifically could really use him. Rumored that the, the Rockets want a first-round pick. I don't think they're getting it. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but it could be several second-round picks, which the Nets could give up. I, I would be more nervous if P.J. Tucker was on the, on the, uh, on the Nets. Mm-hmm. I think it would be funny if the Nets just had no picks for the next 10 years instead of no first-round picks. <laughs> so that would be fun to watch. But I do know the Rockets need to sell because he's, he's a free agent after this mm-hmm. year. They're clearly not competing. Get what you can for him. So I am everybody else on P.J. Tucker getting traded. I am. I am too. So, like on a contender, he'd be great. He, I mean, he played five for the Rockets last year, which was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so just great switchability on the wing for him. He's not tall, by the way. He's like six five. Six, he's six five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm. Yeah. I'm any everybody else there. Moving on, we got uh, Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors. Sounds like he might be on the move. Places he, like the Sixers, Clippers, and Miami have all reached out. Yeah. This is it. It. Marks an end of an era for the Raptors mm-hmm. for sure. Um, when they start, like Kyle Lowry is the guy that if they move off him, they're kind of acknowledging that they're not competing this year. Right. I so any of those teams, you, the Sixers, the Clippers, the Heat, any of those teams get better with Kyle Lowry. Um, I've I've been very up and down on Kyle Lowry as for how much I like him, but <laughs> but there's there's no doubt that he you know is a even though he's also I think he's the same I think he's like 35 but he is still contributing to a winning basketball team. Mm-hmm. I so so I do want to backtrack a little bit. So Calgary has a 30 million dollar salary and we said we thought last week we were talking about buyouts. We thought on Andre Drummond would be traded, but it looks like that might not happen because he has a pretty handsome salary that would have to get sent back to Cleveland so teams mm-hmm. just might not be willing to do that. So he might be a buyout candidate. I wanted to clear the air on that. But anyway, so Kyle Lowry, thirty million salary, which means teams would have to send back the equivalent in salary to get Kyle Lowry. I think the Clippers would be the best fits. I would be mm-hmm. very nervous if you went to the Clippers because the Clippers are missing kind of that four general guy. Yep. Philly seems like it's most likely, especially because he's from Philly. He went to Villanova in, in Philadelphia too yeah. for college. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lowry feels like the best. Like you know, the Clippers have this need, and Lowry mm-hmm. is by a mile the best available guy in terms of a point guard that can kind of run an offense. Right. So I am Chris Webber if he goes to the Clippers, but but same, I think this trade's going to happen too. Yeah, same. Uh, I'm everybody else also on the the Raptors. 
making this move. They've kind of they've kind of floated the idea around, and it sounds like they're acknowledging what Kyle Lowry has done for the franchise, and is kind of letting him decide where he really wants to end up, which I think is a great move from an organizational standpoint. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying. So it sounds like they're trying to work something to Philly because that's where he wants to be, and who knows what what will come from it. But I like that from the Raptors. Yeah, I do too. And then we got another one here. Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets, who currently is out for the season with a torn ACL. Sounds like the Nets are still trying to move his contract, though. Yeah, I don't... I, I'm I'm Chris Webber on anybody trading for him because he's not, like you said, he's not playing this year. He's a free agent after this year. Why would you give something up instead of signing him free? Like, so if you... It's not like you're getting a one-year rental of a guy like with P.J. Tucker or Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry who are on expiring deals. These guys are all on expiring deals, but the other two guys are playing, so they help your team yeah. now. Spencer did we you'll be trading for him for the you know ability to re-sign him, which why wouldn't you just why would you give something up and you can just sign him in free agency? Right. So I think I think part of this is so he has a like a player option for next year. Yeah. Like a twelve a twelve million dollar player option. So to be able to get him, you would have to know that he's willing to accept that player option. Okay, yeah. And be, and be and you know, he'd want to be on your team. But with him coming off a torn ACL is he worth $12 million next year is another thing they have to consider. Yeah. I, um, I've always, I felt like ever since he went down, like this next year's free agency class is really weak. Mm-hmm. And which means people are going to be overpaying for who's available. So I've always felt like he's going to opt out and try to find a long-term deal with somebody that's kind of desperate for more talent. So that's why I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see anybody wanting to trade him, like giving up anything. Right. I'm Chris Weber on, on a team moving, uh, giving something up to get him. In return. Exactly. And then last one here, some news about uh, the San Antonio Spurs. They're looking to trade uh, DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge. And what do you think about that? I, I'm, I'm for all parties, I am everybody else. I'm happy for it. I think both these guys, well, DeMar DeRozan can still compete, can still mm-hmm. contribute to a winning team. LaMarcus Aldridge plays with bricks in his shoes. <laughs> but, you know, the, they, these guys are aging, running out mm-hmm. of talent. The Spurs are a young team trying to build a young court. They have diverging interests. So I think if they get moved, it's good for all parties. I am too. I don't, I'll be honest. I do not care about Lamarcus Aldridge anymore. <laughs> I really That's don't. fair. That's fair. Um, I would love to see Demar Rosen on a, a contending team. I think talking about talking about the Raptors organization, uh, he missed out on that uh, championship when he was traded for Kawhi. Yeah, I think he's their all-time leader in points, right? Yeah, he His was the Toronto leader. Raptors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would love to see him get a get a chance to compete for one after that. So I am uh, everybody else on on Demar Derozan moving. I am Chris Weber on okay, anything okay. involving Lawrence. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> okay, I got I got a couple of my own here. Splash of pass. Good. I am, I am everybody else on watching a competitive scrimmage between two teams. I love uh, a good scrimmage. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the other night, the Hawks played at the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Hawks were wearing red jerseys, and the Thunder were wearing a dark orange color jersey. And if you haven't seen the pictures, we'll put one up on the Twitter. It is hilarious. At Grace Rim. Yeah. You cannot tell who is who. Uh, whoever let this happen, I don't no idea what they were thinking, but it was hilarious to see 10 guys all wearing the same color on the court. It was weird, though, that uh, I think it was the one of the coaches said that they didn't even notice it, that they didn't yeah. notice that the teams were wearing the same yeah, color. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Yeah, so, so from what I understand, what happened was it was – at Oklahoma City, so it was the right. way game for the Hawks, and the Hawks brought the wrong jerseys, so that the Thunder weren't aware. The Thunder thought they were wearing a different color, so that's why mm-hmm. they wore their blood orange. 
And the Thunder ended up changing at halftime. Right, they went to white. I love you. I think it's hilarious. Now, I'm confused, though. If, if you had the jerseys there, why why did you wait till halftime? Yeah, that's a great point. That's, I don't know. I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, it looked like, again, we'll put a picture up. It looked like like there's like a before and after picture someone posts. Like, this is what it looks like to be colorblind. It looked like the after picture. Because you're like, am I seeing this right? Like, why are they wearing the same jerseys? So funny. Like I said, so it looked like just a scrimmage between the same team wearing the same jerseys. Mm-hmm. Okay, so over to me. I am Chris Weber on Tim Howard. I couldn't think the, of wait. who the, the goalie for the yeah, U.S. Yeah, Captain I could, America. I couldn't think of who the current goalie He's retired. I couldn't think of who the current goalie is. But um, I'm just going to say Tim Howard because watch out, Tim Howard. Pretend he's still the goalie. Uh, soccer, soccer has crossed over to NBA News. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, AC Milan striker, my favorite guy to play with in FIFA 12, uh, Ibrahimovic told LeBron basically to stick to oh, sports. Yeah. I don't, whatever. I, it was a dumb thing to say. That's not why we're here. Other soccer news DeJounte Murray, aka DeJounte Sebastian Janikowski Murray, <laughs> made a play, a great soccer play. So the Thunder played the Spurs after Lou Dort hit a game winner versus the Spurs. Uh, he kind of fell back and was mobbed by his team, right? And the only footage I could find of this clip was from like the opposite backboard, so it's like you're looking long ways down the court. So players are walking towards the camera, like the Spurs players, toward the Spurs bench, which is toward the camera. The ball kind of gets set on the ground, and then just appearing in the crowd of sad Spurs players, DeJounte Murray blasts this ball into the upper deck. He comes out of nowhere <laughs> like a goalie trying to kick a soccer ball into the opposing net and launches this ball into the stands. Like I said, I don't know what his... DeJounte Murray, I don't know what his basketball reference name is, but Sebastian Janikowski, Seabass. There we go. Maybe like look it. at it. I loved it. <laughs> NBA didn't love it. He was fined $25,000 for it, but like Did I somebody said, get to go home with a ball? That's the I question. don't know. I couldn't. That's what I'm saying. I tried to find a different angle to see where the ball ended up, but he launched this in a way that would make Tim Howard jealous. Watch out, U.S. goalie. You got somebody coming for your spot. <laughs> All right. I am Chris Webber on the NBA referees using abusing their power. <laughs> so, this past week, J.J. Redick received the softest technical foul I have ever seen in my life. So, early in the game, J.J. was teed up for probably using a language he probably shouldn't have been using. Okay, so deserved technical. He got, really he got technical number one. Okay. Probably well-deserved. And then, <clears throat> fast forward a little bit later in the game, he's driving to the hoop. He gets called. Uh, he gets a foul. The defender fouls him. And he throws the ball back to the referee who made the call. Now, this isn't your everyday bounce pass. This is one of those fancy passes with the crazy side spin. Okay, kind of like when you're, when you're, yeah, kind of when you're putting in the post, but just exaggerated. Right. Crazy side spin, right? So the ref has his hands up making the call, sees the ball coming towards him. He's like, okay, I'm going to stop this with my foot. Now, because he has shitty hand eye coordination, <laughs> he can't stop the ball because it has so much spin on it. And it ends up like hitting his other leg, which had to have been really embarrassing for him. So JJ ends up getting a technical, number two, gets ejected from the game for throwing this pass. Now, the official statement says that technical number two was for throwing the ball in the direction of an official with force. Now, I'd say it was more torsion and torque than force, <laughs> but, but, you know, to each his own. So the ref was embarrassed. JJ ends up getting kicked out of the game. It's ridiculous. That's good. It's a really good one. I... I don't know if you said it's the softest technical of all time. I think there's two that are better. 
Is it the, the Tim Duncan technical? Tim Duncan gets technical yeah. on the bench for like yeah. giggling at the ref. Yeah. And then Rasheed Wallace gets ejected for looking at a ref. Staring at the ref. Yes. Yeah. Those are two all-time, just speaking of all-time great technical fouls. <laughs> but that was a good, yeah, a hilarious moment. Go watch the clip of the JJ pass. It's a That's very great. funny sequence. It's great. Let's go. Okay, so for my last one, I am everybody else. I'm splashing on one J.R. Smith. And Ooh. I don't know what he's up to these days. I could not find his Wikipedia page. You mean two-time NBA champion. That's right. His Wikipedia page only runs to last year. I don't know what he's doing right now. I don't know if he's retired. What I do know is there's a new job available for him. Mr. Anything is possible himself. (laughs) Because Hennessy is now the official worldwide spirit of the NBA, WNBA, and the G League. Who better to tie the two worlds together than Mr. Anything is possible himself, J.R. Smith, get this man a sponsorship, get him a job promoting it. Oh, God, that's great. He's a yeah, perfect spokesman for that. Exactly. Perfect. So walking around without a shirt on and a bottle of Henny. That's right. Okay, my last one here. I am anybody else with innovation, adaptation, and knowing your clientele. <laughs> so Cam Soda apparently is an online adult site. Is, Cam Soda, is what I'm like, like as in like camera. Like, yes. Right? Okay. And soda as in soda pop? Right. Like ice cold fresh, soda pop? Fresh can soda pop, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they've <laughs> the executives at Cam Soda made a proposition to Nets ownership with a very formal letter that offers all Nets all-stars. And in the, in the letter it says, cough, James Harden, cough, uh, with a free elite VIP membership to their site for the weekend. So for All-Star Weekend, it's in Atlanta. We know that All-Star Weekend is generally just a big party. Right. Um, so they thought since they're not allowed to leave their hotel room, they're going to bring the strip club to James Harden's hotel room virtually. So they apparently they receive a um, an, a model, 24-7 model that helps them with any inquiries. <laughs> That's so, the, what was it called? The, the platinum? What would you call it? It's a, the, it's a elite VIP membership. Elite VIP, okay. Do you yeah, know what so that for, costs you? Normally, I don't. I, you know, I did not do enough research wow, to know okay. what that costs. But, but probably substantial. Yeah. So now I, I don't know if for James Harden this is going to be as exciting, like as if he's just going to chuck dollar bills at a TV screen. Right. I don't know if that's as exciting, but maybe I'm thinking, like virtually, maybe they're dropping some Bitcoin units on it or something. Okay. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, like this. This is in jest, but I can't see James Harden turning this down. Exactly. Every in reality, it's free. It's free for God's sake. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. you got to know your clientele. People like James Harden. James Harden's notorious for uh, frequenting strip clubs. Yeah, great, good job, Cam Soda. Yeah, Cam Soda. I'm just I guess going we're, to bookmark them. I guess that's for, our sponsor for, for the episode. But um, uh, brought to you by Cam Soda. <laughs> good, that's good. All right, good. That's it for Splash Pass, right? Yeah. So we're gonna move on. Brand new segment to finish the show. Uh, so we have some listeners that are friends of ours that aren't really NBA fans. And there's a lot that we say that doesn't really register makes sense. So I wanted to make a new segment called NBA 101 to teach fun things about the league that people might not know that aren't fans. So, Jeremiah, this is for you, NBA 101. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? What's your Mine, fun? Mine's pretty simple. I'm just, okay. I'm just explaining the playoff format. So oh, okay, I'll good. Just, yeah. go I'll ahead. just start here. Right. So 30 NBA teams play out an 82-game season except for this year. We're playing 72 in the pandemic. Of those 30 teams, 16 make the playoffs. So the top eight teams from each conference, there's 15 teams at each conference, the top eight in each of those makes the playoffs. They're seeded one through eight with a better seed uh, getting home court advantage. So one plays eight, two plays seven, 
three, six, four, five. Now the first team to four wins, they move on to the next round all the way through uh, to the finals. And the format is for the higher seed, they'll play two home games, then they'll play two away games, then they'll play a home game, away game, home game. Uh, the finals, the two teams are decided who gets home court advantage is decided through better regular season record. So if anything's in the playoffs, whatever happens in the playoffs doesn't matter. Whichever team has the better record in the regular season will get the home court advantage. Now there used to be a format with uh, the home, the better team would play two home games, followed by three away games, and then finish with two home games, which was ridiculous. This put a crazy amount of pressure on the better seeded teams. Now, if they win, if they lose one of their first two games at home, um, they're in a really tough spot because they have to play their next three on the road, which is a lot higher chance of them losing those games rather than playing at home. And so that is the NBA playoffs. Good, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, well needed change. Switching away from the two three two to the it was ridiculous it was two stupid. two one one one, but uh, yeah. So now, if you're ever watching the NBA playoffs and you're like, "Why are they playing this game here? What's happening?" Now you got a little background information. There you go, Jeremiah. Nice, good job, Seth. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the league history, just in terms of expansion of the league, how we came to be where we are. So right now, like you said, there are 30 NBA teams separated into an Eastern Western Conference, like you mentioned. We're gonna go take a trip way back, 1946. It was the first start of the NBA. I don't know. I couldn't find out. Something was happening in the 40s before 1946 that prevented men from playing basketball. I couldn't no find. I couldn't find why, but it was not until 1946. That History doesn't go back that far, I don't exactly. think. So the genesis of the league, there was an ebb and flow in terms of number of teams. There were teams coming, teams going. The quality of play was also very interesting at this point. Uh, the Celtics <laughs> won 11 championships before 1970. 11 of their 17 total, just worth noting. So from 1966, there were nine teams in the league in 1966. In 1980, there were 23. So 14 teams were added between 1966 and 1980. Seven more teams were added from 1980 to 1995, which put the total number, if you were counting, at uh, 28. And then another team was added in 1995 to bring it to 29. I so for and then for nine years there were only tw- there were twenty nine teams in the league, which I don't know how they settled yeah. on there being twenty nine total teams for nine. Like exactly. that number drives me crazy. I don't know how they came to it. So the thirtieth team was added in two thousand four, and so it's a little fun facts about that team. So the last team added was the New Orleans franchise. So before that, Charlotte had an NBA team. They were called the Hornets since nineteen eighty eight. Charlotte was moved to New Orleans because fans hated the owner. His name was George Shinnin. Uh, so, so the Charlotte Hornets had three straight playoff bursts, and then in 2002 they were moved. It was announced they would be moved. So fans weren't going because they straight up hated this guy. Really funny story. So New Orleans was a former NBA city. They had the Jazz. The Jazz moved to Salt Lake City in 1979, which makes sense because, like, why, why is it Utah Jazz? Because New Orleans jazz actually makes sense. Because yeah. New Orleans jazz sounds dope. I like that a lot better. So the Charlotte franchise was moved to New Orleans. And then Charlotte won a bid to gain a new franchise. To gain the 30th franchise in 2004. They, they were actually, fun fact, they were, it was won by a group led by BET founder Robert L. Johnson. He became the first black majority owner of an American pro sports nice. team since the Negro Leagues. And this team was named the Bobcats. So the Charlotte Regional Sports Commission aided with a name, with a process called Help Name the Team, drew over 1,250 suggestions. 
with Flight being the winner, the Charlotte Flight, like you know Charlotte, mm-hmm. the Wright brothers, the Wright brothers. Yeah, still, that's a good name, right? So I like that. the name was discarded by Johnson, being considered too abstract and too reminiscent of the then current Iraq War aerial strikes. <laughs> so, oh yeah. So because that's, that's of that, exactly what mine was drawn to. Exactly. So because Charlotte was already home to a cat named team, the Carolina Panthers, the theme of the Charlotte Bobcats fit. So then in. 2012, we're going to fast forward a little bit. The New Orleans Hornets were bought by the owner of the New Orleans Saints, and he wanted to change the name to something more New Orleans-y. He tried to buy back the rights to the Jazz, but the Jazz weren't selling. So he decided on the Pelicans, which is the state bird of Louisiana, which is not a great name for a basketball team. I think we can all agree, New Orleans Pelicans. It's still the name to this game. So the Charlotte Bobcats rebranded themselves to the Hornets, the previous name, and they actually like reacquired all of this, the history of the Charlotte yeah. Hornets, which is kind of weird. But so yeah, so the, so no changes since then, which is 2014, I think one official, no changes to any of team names or cities since, but rumors of expansion are swirling, which would bring yes. the number to 32 teams. So stay tuned. See God, they better not have 31 teams. teams. Oh, I would be heated. But yeah, that's a little little NBA team history for you if you're not familiar with a lot of the league. A lot of team movements. A lot of things happen. Uh, Charlotte had an interesting run there for a bit. They went from Hornets to Bobcats back to Hornets. So if you ever see old jerseys mm. and wonder why they're like that, now you know. The Bobcats. So NBA 101. New yeah. fun facts every time we do this. Can't promise it'll be every week. But uh, a fun thing that, that, that um, NBA started doing when they – they went away from an East versus West All-Star game was they did an All-Star draft, which is all of the players that make the All-Star team would be drafted into teams and then those teams would play, which is an amazing content idea. The draft might be more exciting than the game this year as disinterested as the players seem. But this draft is happening this Thursday. So yes. what's going to happen is the two highest or the highest vote getter in each conference, which in the West is LeBron and the East is Kevin Durant, they draft teams. So they draft from the pool of – there's eight other starters. They draft from the pool of the starters, and then they draft from the pool of reserves. So everybody's picked. This year is especially weird because, like we mentioned before, Kevin Durant is not playing due to injury, but he's still picking the teams, which we can't figure out how the draft is going to work. because So, like, LeBron's picking the team. He's playing. So he's one of the five starters, so he's going to pick the other four starters. But Kevin Durant's picking, and he's not playing. So he's right. picking five players to play. And like we already said, Jason Tatum's been announced as the replacement starter. But I don't know what it's going to look like, because historically, the highest vote-getter gets the first pick, which what in this case LeBron. is LeBron James. So if that plays out normally, LeBron would pick his last player, while Kevin Durant still has two more players to pick. Right. I don't know. So I don't understand weird. what's going to yeah. happen. But... uh we're not going to worry about that. We are going to do a contest to see if we can predict who gets picked first and, more interestingly, who gets picked last. So this is what's going to happen. We are going to we are going to try to predict who from the starters will get picked first and who will get picked last, and then we're going to do the same thing for reserves. So what's going to happen is we are both – I didn't want – for the starters, it's not going to be a draft. So we're going to independently kind of write down who we think – LeBron and KD are going to pick first, and then who is the last player selected, right? Yep. So I haven't done any prep for this. Did you prepare for this? No. Okay, so I'm gonna. I have a list of my starters, and you have a list of your starters too, right? Yeah. You have a list in front of you. Yep. Okay, so so I so I guess come to come to uh, 
So KD is going to pick this guy. LeBron's going to pick this guy. Yep. Okay, and then last player picked. Okay, so do you have of starters? Of starters, it's just yeah. just in the because the, they pick all the starters first and then they pick reserves. You can't pick yeah. any reserves until all the starters are picked. Okay, I'm ready to roll. Okay, so okay, I don't even know. Um, gosh, so LeBron's picking first, right? Yes. Well, let's just say he is. We're going to assume he's picking first. We don't know for sure. That's a good point. I actually have no idea who he's going to pick. Do you have an idea? I think, yeah. Do you want me to tell you who I think he picked? No, I haven't picked yet. I don't want to be influenced by you. Okay. Uh, Okay, yeah. Go ahead. I'm I'm ready. Okay. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I think he's taking Steph first. Okay, that's what I said. I said that also, yeah. Uh, Good guy LeBron saying, look at me. I'm fun. I can bury bury anything. Right. Left behind from the the Warriors rivalry. I love Steph. Right, I put, I put Steph as well, and then I think it's easier for for uh, KD. Oh yeah, he's gonna go Kyrie. He has to has go to Kyrie. Be. I we're we're gonna do a list of fun narratives that we yes. would like to see. What if LeBron picks Kyrie with the first overall pick? I would love it. That oh, would I be actually awesome, love it. right? Hilarious. Okay, so and then uh, last pick, just a lot, not by each player, but the single last starter selected. Yes. I think this is easy. Yeah, who'd you have? The replacement player himself, Jason yeah, Tatum. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I think that's obvious. Before that, I think I had um, I had Jokic as the last pick. Ooh, okay. That just makes sense. It would be one of the two big guys, and yeah, you think Embiid would be picked first. And and I just think like <laughs> you want more athletic, like fun guys just that's run true. up on the court. You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so now we're for reserves. The reserves is seven players. As opposed to the four players they have to choose from and starters that aren't themselves. So we're going to do the same thing for the top. We're going to pick who each player, who we think each player is going to pick first. So who's so so we'll write down who the first person taken by each player is. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So do you have yours yet? I have mine. Yeah. I'm assuming Katie's picking first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> Do you want me to, I'll, I'll say it. So I have. Yeah. Katie's picking James Harden. Yep. And then. I have um, as well. And then LeBron's picking Damian Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is that yours? That's that too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So is there any is there any differentiating between the picks so far? No. I don't think so. Okay. So it's going no. to come down to so how we're going to do the last players taken. So instead of taking the last player taken or last player by each one, the last two players taken. We looked at it, and it seems very obvious, or it's obvious to us, who the last two are going to be. So we're going to yeah. do the last four total, the last two each. So we're going to draft the last four players taken, and I don't know, does it even matter by which player? No, like, no. Like who, who, okay. So, and then we're going to see just who does better, who gets closer to the bottom of the picks. So do you, so if you pick first, you would pick first and fourth, or you can pick second and third. Do you have a preference? I'll go. I'll do second and third. Okay. Okay. So I'm picking first. Oh, do you know what sucks? I think there's three. I think there's three clear ones. Do you? I do. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna pick. Gosh dang. I'm going to pick. Nikola Vucevic. Okay, that's a that's a fair pick. And I don't like it. Uh. I will take Demonis Sabonis. Yeah, okay. La- last year's last pick. Mm-hmm. And then I will also take Julius Randle. 
to see that was my <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for my three okay okay let's see no no boy i can boy. see it being well there's another guy i might think might go last yeah i'll towards I'll, the I'll, end i'll talk through my my process so here's i'm just reading through it here's who it's not going to be it's not jalen brown i don't think zach levine or ben simmons but maybe uh it's not paul george not rudy gobert not damon Lillard, not donovan mitchell not chris paul probably not zion i guess i'm between three i'm between zion uh ben simmons zach levine okay did you See, have somebody I, else i had i had uh I had Rudy Gobert just because no one cares about him in an All Star game. That's fair. That's my I, only thinking, but I, like if they're actually trying to win, yeah. you would want a center, right? You'd want a big guy besides the starting centers. So he's the only pick for that. Like if you're trying to win, and you know you, people have great score, like every like the other team's gonna have great scores, and it's Zach Levine or Rudy Gobert. <laughs> it's not right. a question, right? Yeah, yeah. But Zach Levine's fun to watch. So I think that might get him some points from somebody. Trying same with to draft same him. with Zion. <sighs> Screw it, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, this is hard. I'll take the field. Anybody else? <laughs> Would you give that to me? Are you that? Are you confident yeah. in your picks? Yes. Y- yeah. Yes. Anybody else? <laughs> okay. Well, anybody I, else besides who? Besides your picks. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I would say with like the Ben Simmons thing, he's a clutch guy. LeBron's gonna take him at some point, most likely. Ooh, okay. I'll just pick. I'll pick either Levine or Zion. That's who I'll nail it down to. Okay. Both of them. Okay. Give him a package deal. <laughs> okay, so kind of talked about the drafting, and we were thinking of some storylines that might be kind of interesting. Right, if these because were to happen. because it's LeBron and KD picking the team, so mm-hmm. you know it's impossible not to read into who they pick at least. Right. So, and you said, yeah. I think the only one I had really, I mean, for LeBron's case would be, like, is what are he some, going so, to pick so, Yeah, sorry. So you're saying, what are some things we would like to see or we're genuinely curious about? That's what we're doing yes. here. Yeah. Yes. So is LeBron going to do some politicking and, and take Joel Embiid on his team and try to tell him, hey, tone down the MVP talk a little bit. <laughs> this is okay. mine. Yeah. Um, on, t- on the other side, we have Kevin Durant picking. Is he going to show favoritism to his point guard and ex-point guard? What if he picks Steph before he picks Kyrie? See, that would be, that was the Steph-Kyrie thing. We, we already mentioned what if LeBron picks Kyrie first. Yeah. Because like, So if if it's KD's pick and both point guards are available, what if he picks Steph first? Yeah, it would what blow my mind. Yeah, it would what seem hilarious. Yeah. Um, so those are the thing, the things that the captains have like control over. But then right. things that are completely out of these players' control, like will Paul George and Damian Lillard end up on the same team? Because I would love that. Yeah. After the whole Cancun on three, uh, Dame uh, says Paul George runs from the grind, always switching teams. There's a lot of a lot of uh, hatred towards one another in the right. bubble last year. And so, like I said, they have no control over that, so it could happen. Mm-hmm. And then also, Harden and Giannis kind of have a back and forth. Giannis was the captain last year, and <clears throat> during the live draft, they said, I can't remember who the host was, but like, what about Harden? And Giannis said, Asking no, I want somebody that's going to pass the ball. 
Yeah. So he was asked if he would yes. pick Harden, and he said, no, I want someone that's going to pass. Right. And then later on, Harden came back and basically said, it doesn't take any skill what Giannis does. He just He's just seven feet tall and runs and dunks. Yeah, I wish I was that tall so I could just run and dunk and wouldn't have yeah. to have any actual yeah. skill. Yeah. So those guys, so um, Giannis was captain last year, so he could decide who's on his team. This year, LeBron or KD could pick them both. Yep. Which would be kind of fun. So yeah, those are some things to look out for uh, that are not so important, but kind of interesting. That would be, yeah. It would make the All-Star game just that much more interesting to see them mm-hmm. pretend to be friends on the bench. Yeah, exactly. All of those guys, yeah. So, okay, so now for real, that's the end of the episode, right? Yes. We can um, officially end it now. Sweet. So we have, next week is All-Star break. So we'll probably be a little later on next week's episode because we're going to wait till all the festivities are done before we um, release the episode. Right. But, yeah, uh, yeah stay tuned. See, We'll see who does better picking. That's hilarious that we're on the exact same page for the uh, for almost <laughs> all of the first and last picks. But we'll see. It's So Thursday is that something to watch out for. That'll be a fun time. It's fun mm-hmm. to watch. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it. Any uh, right. Anything else? No, that's all. Follow us on Twitter. Yep, follow us on Twitter. At Grace the Rim. Uh, tweet at us. Yeah. If you want us to talk about something. Yeah, fan interaction. We need some you, the fans. Well, well fans is a stretch. Interact. Interaction. Interact with us, and we'll talk about it. Maybe. Sweet. All right. All right. Thanks good, for listening. Good work. Yeah. Logan Martin. Team Gillard. Yes, it's back. Your dirty STL Derby. I'm like magic to Kareem, man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I ain't speaking about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did you hit Elizabeth? Here comes the big one. I put my money in your community. Need you got your budget. I want my ass with your advance to the toilet to flush it. My last stance be a stance of general custard. I hard out cause I can. I got cheese and mustard. I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Logan, Logan, go tell your friends to tell your friend. I'ma keep the same grin whether I lose or win. Up or down 10, I'ma fight to the end. Let's go, ain't no way they can stop me now. Logan comes my way, yeah.
decision made on how I could twerk it. It's hard work pays off, then easy work is worthless. My work habit ain't no heaven, man. I do it on purpose. I push myself to the limits of my talent full surface. So now it's curtains and trades on anybody who hates. Disliking what I'm reciting, biting what I've been writing. I've been dogged by the scratching and clawing on every hate. Trying to make you remember me like you remember the times. Cause I'm a warrior. My daddy was a soldier. I Vietnam bent with a dirty thought. I told ya. I'm supposed to rip up your town in Teriosis. Hitting like vultures, man. I'm young, white, and rich. As good as it gets. And giving your point guard fierce. He thinks he's done seen pressure, man. But he ain't seen shh. Ain't no way they can know. Ain't no way they can know. Ain't no way they can know. Yeah.